welcome everyone to another episode of Where Is This Going? Before we get into it today, I want to please urge you to subscribe to me on my YouTube channel that you can find by searching my name, Felix Levine, on YouTube. There you'll find all full episodes of every podcast and video version, as well as smaller clips and highlights from those episodes. And if you're listening to this right now, please just take a second to go to the Apple Podcast app store and rate and review the show. That would be a massive help. Also, if you're a sponsor or fan looking to get in touch with me, please visit my website, felix-levine.com, where you'll find every podcast in both video and audio formats, all photos from all the recordings, and contact information handy for you right there. And my guest today, I am super excited to have him in the studio. He is one of the best fighters on the planet. Please welcome Shane Burgos. And we're live. I'm here with uh, Hurricane Shane Burgos. I'm very excited to have you on, sir. Uh, we've been talking. Be we've been talking about this one for uh, I don't even know three, uh, four, five months. No, maybe. way longer, man. <laughs> it was back in like November this after is, my, after my November play. Yeah. Jesus Christ! But you know, we finally made it happen. So <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to have you in studio. I'm happy to be here. Thank um, you. Having. So I told you a few seconds ago, or a couple minutes ago, uh, I like to start my episodes with a little tidbit, little story about my guests, perhaps that the world doesn't already know about you, um, or just something that's meaningful. Uh, that is uh, that you want the people to to know. Yeah, you had me think about that for a little bit, and I and I always forget about it, but then I always get reminded. Uh, my I had scoliosis surgery. I had scoliosis when I was uh, younger. I had it for, for years, obviously, because it's one of those things that, if, for those of you that don't know, it's scoliosis is the the curvature of your spine. So as I hit a growth spurt, my spine started to curve, and it kind of made like a, a question mark shape. So um, from the time uh, I think it was, let me think. From ninth grade to like tenth grade, it went from like a twenty-four degree curve to a forty-nine degree curve. Wow. So it really started to bend. You can actually notice it if you look some pictures. If you really focus on my back and see it, that it sticks out a little bit on the right side. So there was no other option. I basically had to get surgery to, to correct it or just live with it. And it was just gonna get worse. I was gonna keep curling over yeah. and that would just cause a shit ton of problems down the line. So uh my mom decided it was the best idea. I, I agreed with her. Which sucked though, because I just started training. I started training in ninth grade, I got surgery in tenth grade. Wow. And the doctor told me, he's like, you're going to have to stop doing that. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. I was like, there's no way. I was like, I was devastated because when, when I started training, it was one of those things where I was like, right. it was like love at first sight for me. Like I, I was watching UFC and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Once I started training it, I was like, dude, this is, I love this. And I never had that feeling before. So to have that feeling at, in like ninth grade, 14, 15 years old, and then the doctor telling me you're not going to be able to do it anymore because you're, you're going to have a back surgery. I was devastated. So then I got the back surgery. Went from a 49 degree curve to a 10 degree curve. Now I got two metal rods in my back. I got a wow. bunch of screws going down. Um, so I got the surgery and that first week was probably one of the worst weeks physically I've ever felt in my life. Were you in the hospital? Or you yeah, I was in the hospital. Yeah, I was in the hospital for like five, six days. I didn't eat the entire, I had no appetite at all. I had a bite of bread the entire time I was there and some ice chips. I had no appetite. Ice chips. Yeah, and if you know me, like I'm a huge foodie. Like I yeah. love food, I had zero appetite. It was, it was disgusting. I weighed about 120 pounds. Wow. I was 5'11", 120 pounds. Yeah, like skin and bones, man. Did not feel good. Was it painful when you had scoliosis? Was it painful? No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hurt me, but it was gonna. It was gonna get worse. Uh, okay. So it was one of those things. You had like, to. Yeah, it was. 
you don't have to. They can't make you do anything. But it's like, dude, you're gonna by the time you're 20, you're gonna be in some trouble. Like it was only gonna get worse. That and you can't predict when it's gonna stop. You know what I mean? You don't know when when you're gonna stop growing. You're in 10th grade, so um, got the surgery. And that first week was just, like I said, it was it was hell, man. I couldn't. I felt paralyzed. I woke up. I, I remember waking up from the surgery. Like I went, they put me to sleep. Count down from 10. I wake up and I look around and the room is pitch black. I'm terrified. I knock back out right away. Then I wake up. My mom's there. My godmother's there. And I knock back out. Then I wake up and the room's pitch black. And, I, and this went on. It felt like forever. I kept just passing out. Then waking up and people being there and people not being there. And just, I remember I was I would be so scared for like two seconds and just knock back out. Then finally I woke up and it was over and I, I was in the in the, the recovery room in the bed and I I couldn't move. Like I it felt like I was paralyzed. I, it was terrifying. It hurt to move. It was not comfortable at all. They had to teach me how to walk again while I was in there. And so you're how old at that point? I was 16. I just turned 16. It was like five days after my birthday. Wow. Yeah. And then they told you that you weren't going to be able to fight ever again. Yeah, before I got the surgery, he told me that. And I was just like, I, <laughs> I'm very hard-headed and very stubborn. So I was like, I was devastated when I heard that. But I was like, I'm not going to focus too much on that because I, I don't really give a fuck about rules. Like, I actually do what I want anyways. So... Anyways, fast forward, I got out of the hospital again. It was, I had my mom had to fucking give me, like I was wearing a bathing suit. My mom had to give me a bath, like a sponge bath. I couldn't bathe myself. Dude, it was like the lowest feeling ever. Wow. It was terrible. 16 years old, my mom gave me a bath. I'm sitting on a chair in a bathtub. My mom's like, scrub me. I'm like, this is embarrassing. And did you, I mean, were, were you in school at the time? Yeah, I, had, I was homeschooled for, it was, I got the surgery March 26th, I think it was. And I was homeschooled, Plan, planned on being homeschooled for the rest of the year. I actually went back to school because I was, tired of the homeschool i missed my friends i missed being social but um so two weeks later i started walking around a little bit better uh, three weeks later i was giving myself showers now i was like all right there we go that's good i was able to move around by three weeks i was doing stupid stuff honestly yeah. I, start, I started jumping on the like me and my brothers i got two brothers younger brothers we had trampolines like growing up and i uh, started they're, they're on it three all the time weeks out you started jumping on three trampoline. weeks out not not crazy but just moving around on it a little bit like oh man i can't wait to start. we used to do crazy shit like flips off the deck like <laughs> we used to do some stupid shit uh, so i started doing that i was watching them i started skateboarding at three weeks i started riding bike at three weeks and then before three months of post-surgery i get i went back to training <laughs> wow. yeah which was stupid because the doctor told me you wait six months before you do anything and I was like, I felt so good though. I'm, I'm 16 years old and you yeah, recover yeah, fast yeah, when you're yeah, that young, yeah. man. So three three months in, less a little bit less than three months in, I got back to training. But kickboxing was fine, like hitting pads and hitting the bag was fine. Uh, but I was I loved grappling when I was younger. I really loved grappling, so I couldn't wait to get back to that. So I did, obviously, again too early. And uh, I remember literally the first class, the dude went for a shoulders on the legs pass where they basically bring your legs above your head and try to pass the guard. And he brought my knees to my head which I can do that, no problem. But <laughs> three months after surgery, he broke my knees to my head. My, my entire, every vertebrae cracked. Oh. From the top of my neck down to my tailbone, I screamed. I told him, get the off me. He got off me. He heard it too. And he was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I'm laying down. I go to sit up. And, I, and every time I go here, my back goes. Krr, krr, krr. I was like. Oh my God. And he heard it too. And we were just like, <laughs> we were like, I just fucked that whole surgery up. I was, I was terrified. My heart just dropped. And I was like. Cause I didn't want to go back. I, that was fresh in my mind, how, how shitty that feeling was a couple months ago. So I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So my mom scheduled a doctor appointment. We go to, the, go to the doctor, and he was just so disappointed in me. And I could tell. He just came. He's like, I told you not to do anything. I told you. He's like, your, 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 your spine moved. It, it, it's, the, the rods aren't fused yet. It, it moved. We might have to go in and do another surgery. And, dude, I just started hysterical like please I, i'll listen i won't do anything please he's like you can't do anything for the next three months i want to see you in three months can't do anything i was like fuck training like I, 
that was hard for me. Stop training. I still was doing some other shit, which I shouldn't have yeah. been doing, but I, did, I was like, I'm not training anymore. I'm not waiting till I, till I get cleared. Go back in three months. And then he's like, all right, good news. Your spine. It realigned. It fused. The, uh, it like the, how do I word it? Like the, 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 the rods, your body took, took, okay. took shape to the rods. It, 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 it like so held it, on it to it. It did what it should have originally done. Yes, exactly. Wow. It, it wasn't as perfect as it was, but it was still good. Where it was still, it was like, a, it was a 10 degree curve after surgery. Maybe it's like 12 now or something like that, which isn't, that's doable. And <laughs> since then, no pain? Uh, I have a, not pain, but I have um, other, I say maybe not issues, but problems with it yeah like the my back is tight a lot that but that's just for me training so much and uh, my lower back is infused the fusion is from like mid back to the top so the lower back overcompensates for for the for the rest of it a lot oh. so i can't do like too much hill sprints or stuff like that my back really gets starts to get tired um before i train i, I do a warm-up extensive warm-up uh, activate the glutes do all that and i've been doing that since i was 25 and usually guys that are 25 they're like i'll just get on the mat and train Dude, i have to warm up i do my warm-ups i take that shit so seriously i take all the recovery stuff so much seriously now because I never want to go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Never. And you, you're, I mean, you're not at risk of ever having to go back to that unless it gets really bad. I mean, yeah. No. Oh. Wow. Never have to get them taken out or anything like that. Nothing like that. And you've had, in, you've been pretty injury free, kind of. Yeah. I I've mean, only had, the, yeah, fight wise, I've only had one injury, I'd say. I, I broke my orbital, actually. Right. That was the only, that, that sucked too, obviously, but that was the only injury I really had. And coming off your last fight, you're pretty unscathed. Yeah, man. I've been back to training. Yep. Wow. Yeah. How many how many days after? I was I got back I landed back on Sunday night. Monday I took off just to hang out with my daughter. Tuesday I was back training. I was running around just training. training and no injury, nothing broken, nothing. Nothing broken. No, I got nose just X-rays. Got a, yep, exactly. Scratches, like bumps, and bruises. Nothing. Wow. That's that's the best feeling after a fight to have nothing wrong with you. So I mean, I was gonna get into it eventually, but now that you're back, kind of training, what's what's the timetable looking like for you? On when you hope to get back in there, I want to get back in soon, man. Like I really, I feel like I won that last fight. I really thought I won those first two rounds. Yeah. Third round, yeah, definitely his. But uh, thought I won the first two, so it sucks. Uh, it's a, it's a feeling. It's a, it's an empty feeling. Like usually when you're done with the fight, uh, most of my fights I've won, so it's like a good feeling. You're on a high, but this one it's like, I lost and I feel like I won, but I, but I didn't win. Like it's, it's an L at the end of the day. It is what it is. I can't do anything to change. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about it, but. It just feels really empty. Like I, I want to, I want that back. So you went to round three. I thought you, were, I thought you were up two zero. I think it was def at least one one. I thought probably two zero. Um, and then you know the third round was definitely his. Did you feel? What are your coaches telling you? They thought you were. They up, thought I was up two two nothing. They thought you were up two yeah. zero. And, so, and they're brutally honest with me. I'm like, I, yeah. I need that too. They're like, they'll tell me if I won the round, lost the round. They thought I was up two two nothing too. And in that fight, I mean, that was. I mean, a lot of people are calling it fight of the year. One <laughs> one of the fights it was of the a year. Fun one. What's uh. What was going on in your mind when, I mean, he was throwing everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, I think what was also interesting was, I mean, you know, he's, I think he just had surgery yesterday even. I yeah, saw a couple days on, ago, yeah. Uh, his leg buckled early. Yeah, I um, saw that. Did, yeah. You, did you notice that yeah. right when it happened? Yep, I did, yeah. And for you at that point, I mean, and then I know you kind of start picking off at it. Yeah. I mean, what's, that, what's that like for a fighter when you see your, your, your opponent get injured a little bit? Is the, the mindset, okay, let me go after that? It or is. Or is it? It definitely is, but he did a good job checking checking the kicks actually after. So I I kind of abandoned that a little bit, and I got in too much of a a brawl style where I was like, he's throwing big shots. Let me throw some big shots back at him. Which I was, I should have just stuck to my game plan, just kept fucking kicking. I should have just did that. So, but hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. And the so the, what was your original game plan going into that fight? It was to it just was, to pick him apart, keep him on the outside, uh, use my jab, similar to the Cub Swanson fight, yeah. just a little bit more right. volume of, and pressure, but um. Yeah, he did it. He did a good job, though, man. That's off them. And now, I mean, you're, uh, you know, six and two in the UFC. A lot of people, you know, love love watching you fight. You're one of the best in the world. Oh, thank you. Where do you feel like is uh, what's next? Are there people on your on your radar? 
I, I just saw the rankings came out today. Yeah, they they pushed me back to fourteen after that loss, which was I thought I, I saw twelve. It, they came out today and oh, they just, pushed me back up to twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as of today, I'm back to twelve, which is I'll, I'll take that because they bumped me back to like fourteen, fifteen, you were right like after eight the fight. or seven before. I, no, it was ten, and he was eight. Oh, okay. So losing to the eight guy, I don't understand how that pushed me back all the way, but. Who knows about these rankings? Uh, dude, I don't know. It's fucking annoying. So so I'm 12 now, so I want to fight the guys that are ahead of me, obviously. And and I like those exciting matchups. So Like the Emmett fight, I was super stoked for that fight because yeah. I knew that, like, everybody knew that that was the fight on the card yeah. that was going to be exciting. It was going to live to the hype. And I said it going into the fight. Like, you could run this fight 100 times. It, not one of those times will it ever be boring. Yeah. I yeah. love fights like that. Yeah, I, wait, I, I get up for a fight. doesn't matter if the guy's boring or exciting. But that, that fight was, I was super fucking excited for that fight. Right. So I want guys like that. And is there any, like, any particular name you've been thinking about? I saw Jeremy. Ste I thought Jeremy Stevens. That'd, that'd be a fun be one too. You know, yeah, that'd I don't be a fun know. one. But he's I'm, a, yeah, I'm he's a name brand. 100. percent Yeah, he's got a good name. I'm 12, so I, I gotta look. At, I didn't look at the guys that were ahead of me, but I know they're having trouble with like to beat Yair, uh, Zombie, Ortega, matching those guys up. I, I don't think any of them would would fight me because they want to fight obviously each other. So I understand that. But uh, Emmett took the fight with me. I respect that. Like going backwards. Like nobody wants to fight going yeah. back. I get that. If that's what the rankings kind of muddy the waters. Like right. everybody wants to fight going forward, but you can't always fight going forward. So it kind of like kind of fucks you up. Now, would you ever go up uh, to weight class? Yeah. Um, maybe like we were talking about before, uh, Jimmy is fighting. Right. He's fighting at, at 45 tomorrow night, but he's fighting at a 35 at 45. I would love to do that. Fight a fight a 45 at 55. Yeah, that'd be that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. We were actually just talking about that because you know this will come out in a couple weeks, but uh, we're recording. It's it's July 14th. There's tomorrow night, July 15th. We'll go through actually just two predictions. Now I think about it, Jimmy and Cody Stamen. Give me your final prediction. So we'll ch people when when they'll listen to this, <laughs> yeah. they'll they'll see if we're right. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy's obviously my training partner, so I'm never going to pick against him. So obviously I'm picking against him by his side. I think this is a great matchup for him. Uh, I see Jimmy picking him apart. I see Jimmy winning 30-27 uh, decision. 30-27 decision. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mate, yeah, yeah. And former foe Calvin Cater against Danny Ige in the main event. How do you see that going? That's a, that's an awesome fight. That's another one of those fights where I'm like, damn, that's, that's a fun fight. And, uh, and respect to Cater for going back. Like just yeah. like I said, Emmett went back and fought me. Uh, Cater's going back and he's fighting Ige after that huge win over Stevens. Uh, it's an awesome fight. I think Cater's a lot more... Uh, clean and technical on the feet so if i have to pick i'm gonna pick cater but Ige is super tough man like you see he digs deep in those later rounds if he comes back but I, i'm gonna stick with cater final prediction cater by decision Oof. you think he's finishing him he's he's he he's is been, tough yeah, he's he gets tough man. i'm gonna go it's, i feel like it's a safer bet to go by decision so i'm gonna go with cater by decision cater by decision jimmy by decision when this comes out we'll see who's we'll yeah. see who's right I'm, i actually agree with you on on both of those um yeah yeah for sure. Yeah, they both. That's a, that's a hard matchup to pick because I could see a finish, but then it's like ah, uh, the safer pick is to to put. Your well, I think even if I think if Ige is able to beat him, then I uh, you know I feel like even you and Cater rematch at that point could that'd be, be interesting. Fun. Yeah, man, we're, we're me and him are cool. You but guys can bang. That'll be fun. That we we made fifty k off the first one. We do it again. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to take you back um, more uh, on a chronological sense because. You got the cert. I mean, that surgery obviously was life changing, really. Yeah. Um, at sixteen, and I didn't even realize that you started training. Really, was that is that late considered in, in the MMA world? At my age, no. But like the next generations, even right. like my brother started training was five. So that's the next generation. Yeah. And so, at what point did you know? Uh, once you got back into it uh, post surgery, did you know this is what my life's gonna be? Dude, after the first month, like I did the the month trial that we had, and I didn't miss one day for that first month, and I was like. I'm doing so something with this. I was like, I, I thought it would, I, I thought it would be crazy for me to actually be in the UFC and be a fighter. I was like, I don't know about that, but something revolving around this, I love it. I love it so much. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'm crazy enough to do that. 
but I, something I have to do like with this sport. Were you naturally good enough at that? Like, could people tell you were going to be something uh, good? I, I I did pick it up really naturally. Not 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 the kickboxing. I had to work to get good at the kickboxing, but the grappling was actually my. Oh wow! I loved grappling <laughs> from the first time I grappled. I loved grappling, and that was na- natural at grappling. And you were born. You were born in the Bronx, yeah. Yeah. And so, where was the first gym you you went to? I moved up here. I moved up to, to my hometown, Monroe. Uh, in sixth grade, so I found that gym in ninth grade, which is in Monroe. It's right by my high school. And were the coaches kind of pushing you towards being like, "Hey, you should really do this full time. You might be." He, he, my instructor, my sensei at the, at the time, he knew that I was good enough to do it, and I, then he started pushing me to do grappling tournaments, stuff like that. So I started doing those. I started doing our local uh, COC tournaments, and I was winning all of them. I was winning so many of them. So just kept he kept, he kept pushing me to do better. I was doing, I did the brown belt division when I was a blue belt. So wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And was the family supportive early on? Oh yeah, yeah. At first, I was I was on a diving team. Oh really? Yeah, which a lot of people don't know about. Like back in high school, and you I was actually diving. Re- team. Yeah, like I said, I had trampolines. I told you the story before, on the area. So I had trampolines. We used to do crazy flips on the trampolines. So I translated that to, to the diving team. I remember we were doing diving in gym, just jumping off diving boards. And the diving coach saw me, and he was like, "You should really try out for the team. Try out for the team." It's like, "Fuck it, jump off the diving board." How, how, sounds cool. Had to wear the speedos. I wasn't a big fan of that part, but but uh, you have any pictures of you rocking the speedos? I'm, they'll never get released. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually p- picked up diving really good, and I was really good. I was ranked in the top ten in my section uh, in ninth or tenth grade. But that's when I found MMA, and I was like, oh man, I was like, I, I did diving from eighth to tenth grade. But after, eight, so eighth grade I was really good at it. Ninth grade I was I was still really good at it. But that's when I found MMA, and I was like, I kind of don't want to do this anymore i want to just focus on this but i was like my parents like you can get a scholarship from it i hated school too i was like whatever i'm I'm gonna listen to them i'm gonna try it then 10th grade i was just like guys i'm done so i ended up like quitting the diving team in like at the end of the season right before the end of the season just to put all my eggs in one basket and focus on mma and when you were when you hadn't found mma yet what did you think your future life i had no that's a great question. I had no clue. Most i feel like most kids at in ninth grade 10th grade all through high school you have no idea what the hell you want to do and after I found it, I was like, shit, like, this is that moment where you kind of like, like looking back, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way, but now looking back, it's like, that's, that's the moment where I, I knew where I, I was going to, I found something. I found something that I was passionate about, something that I actually love, which is most people, some people don't find that ever in life. Yeah. And to find that in ninth grade, that's a blessing. Now, what if you truly had never been able to, to do it, like to do it I don't have, surgery? I have zero clue because I did not like school whatsoever. I was, I was like a flyby, like with a. It, the passing grade is 65. That's my goal, 65. That's all. <laughs> I'm not an overachiever. I wasn't looking for the 90s, 100s, A's. Nope. I was just 65, graduate high school, get the hell out of there. Wow. Yeah. I, went to, I went to college, but it was, again, another waste of time. I was like, dude, I'm not going to do anything with this. Right. Yeah. And then at what point, um, you turned pro in, I mean, 20, was it 2013, uh, I think I saw? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't remember the year exactly. Maybe. So it's been seven, seven years. years. Yeah. Shit. Wow. And you're 20. Oh, it's almost exactly actually seven years. I, I think it was July 25th or something like that. Me okay. my pro debut. Yeah. So now you're now you're 29 years old. Yeah. Do you feel like you're still on the on the way up? A hundred percent. Yeah, I really do. And obviously, I'm gonna say that, right? I feel like no right. fighters are gonna <laughs> say that say the opposite. But I I feel like once I hit my 30s, that you that's really where you hit your prime. And where do you feel like from your game? Uh, this you know, there's still the big room for improvement. Cause, everywhere. I mean, even, everywhere. Yeah. Every, everywhere. Like, I'm not just saying that just to say it. That everywhere. I can get better. I can be better defensively. I can be better offensively. Um, I haven't really ch- tried or showed off any wrestling in any of my fights. Right. Like, 
I went for, I think I have, I have 100% takedown accuracy in my fights in really? UFC, yeah, because I went for one takedown and I got it <laughs> <laughs> in my debut. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't gone for any, and I'm like, I can, I can wrestle, I can grapple. Like, I, I train with a bunch of beast wrestlers and, and beast grapplers. Like, I just don't show it off. It's not, it's not as fun anymore. Like, once you, you kind of fall in love with the knockout. I remember my first, I used to fucking take everybody out. as an amateur. If you look at my record, it has a bunch of submissions because I used to just take everybody down and try to submit them. Remember, I tried to take this one guy down. He was the toughest guy I fought as, as an amateur to that date, and he stuffed my takedown. I was like, oh shit. I was like, nobody's ever stuffed my takedown. I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I got to stand and bang. And I started beating him on the feet, and I was like, oh shit. And I was, there's a picture of me smiling, and I was like, this is actually really fun. Uh, that fight ended up being a no contest. I needed him in the balls by accident. Then we rematched again like a month later and I ended up TKOing him on the wow. feet. I was like, fuck the grappling. I was like, we were having fun, I'm going back to that. And I TKO'd him on the feet. And ever since then I was like, oh dude, I, I, it's a lot more, like I, you submit somebody, it's cool, but when you knock somebody out, you stop them with your hands, that's a different feeling. Do you feel like you've fallen in love with your hands? Yeah, that oh. definitely, that, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I- feel I like have, it's almost your, you've fallen too much in love with that, them? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's why I'm trying, try, I haven't sparred since my fight. I'm trying to stay, stay away from that okay. part a little bit, just give, my, give myself a, a mental break. You don't wanna get hit in the face right after you had a, a war. Um, but so, so that's just giving me time. All, all I've been doing is wrestling and grappling to, for the last month. Now I have actually a quick question back to that fight. When you, you know, when he, when he knocked you down, were you, you had your wits about you? Yeah. You were, you were fully? Yeah, I'll be 100% honest. I, I've been, I've only been dropped four times ever, and I've never been dropped in training. It was the one so cater. The, so the cater fight, he dropped me, right? And that one, that one was, out of the four, that one was the one where I was like, that one, my equilibrium was really off on really? that one. Okay. Yeah, I remember just my balance being completely off. So that one, I was really, equilibrium, was, it, was, it was shot at that point. I was like, fuck, you gotta be kidding me. It was a weird feeling. You really can't control your body. Like, get the fuck up. I can't. Like, <laughs> like it was just weird. Then the hollow fight, I just loaded up on a big left hook. He clipped me, and I remember on the way down, I was like, fuck, you gotta be kidding me. That was so dumb. What were you doing? So you so, were still- 100% fine there. You subbed him right there. Yeah, exactly, because he yeah. thought I was way more hurt. But then the Emmett fight, the same thing. Those Both those those knockdowns, on my way down, I'm smiling. There's a picture of me, like, yeah. smiling, like, throwing <laughs> yeah. him off. I was like, yeah. How hard like, How hard does he- I mean, people are saying he's the hardest hitter. How hard does he hit? Uh, Pretty it's, hard. It's a, it's a hard thing to. It's, it's a hard question to ask. Um. Yeah, he hits hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, comparatively to to. I mean, you got you train with some some monsters. Yeah, exactly. It, and and it's completely different because yeah. it's a fight. It's I a mean, it, it's fight. a it's a small glove on yeah. it. In training, I'm not getting hit like that. So it's it's a really really weird question to to yeah. answer. Uh, I don't even know how to answer it. Yeah, he hits hard. Um. <laughs> it's yeah. That's all I can say. Hits hard. <laughs> and for you, I mean, what I mean, for personally from from a fight fight fans perspective. Watching a guy like you is always so entertaining. I mean, seeing a guy with unlimited cardio, uh, and we haven't even seen you in a five round fight. Yeah, no, yeah, no. no. Um, is that something you'd want to do? You know, oh, yeah, if man. you get, I feel like that would almost play into your to your favor. Oh, no? I, mean, I wish the last fight I had two more rounds. Think, think about I, how, yeah. how much fun that would have been, man. <laughs> two more rounds. I was like, I, and I, dude, that was the best shape I've ever been in. I, I'm in shape for every fight. Yeah. But I remember, at, like being backstage, being like, I'm not even tired. Like not even remotely. Like usually by the, by really? the end of the third round, like I'm like, okay. A little break, but this one I was like, dude, I'm ready to go. Two more, that'd been that'd been fucking awesome. And how do you? I mean, how do you mentally kind of deal with, uh, you know, feeling like a fight went your way, you didn't get the, the judges nod, and like then I, it, it's just an empty feeling. I don't know. It's the only the only thing I can think of to to mentally fix it is just to get back in there and and right. and, and get another win. That's the only thing I can think of. Have you watched? Have you rewatched the fight? I haven't. Um, <laughs> I haven't even you, watched it yet. You, you plan on doing it? I do plan on it, but uh, yeah. After I only have two losses. After I lost the first one, I didn't watch it for like three months. And then after this one, I'm like, I just don't have the desire to watch it, even though I, everyone's like, dude, it's such a good fight. You should watch it. You'll, 
I first even if I win a fight, I don't I watch it one time and that's about it. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like watching myself fight. Yeah. But after loss, I'm like, just gonna relive that moment where I'm like, damn, that kind of sucks. I know I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna watch it. I definitely plan on watching it. Um, I just gotta find the right time. And for you, do you uh, you know, is it when you when you look at your career trajectory, do you set certain goals for yourself? Like I want to be here at this age, or I want to be UFC champion at. I don't put an age age cap on it. I feel like that can fuck you up a little bit mentally because yeah. if you don't re reach that then you kind of be down on yourself a little bit I don't put an age cap on anything but um, I definitely have goals in my in my head and I definitely have goals that I want to hit before I'm done with the sport what are some of those goals I want to be the world champion that's obvious that's number one that's by far number one after that uh, th th I don't know if you see the stats like the number stats yeah. I definitely want to be on the leaderboards a lot of those I'm already in some, some of them you're like number one in significant strikes per minute or something yeah like that. I got to see the updated one after the last fight I, I feel like it might be even higher now but uh, definitely want to I want to solidify that and I definitely want to get on that like Cowboy Cerrone kind of like bonus yeah. train, like where I'm every fight getting a bonus. Yeah. Wow. And do you feel like, um, I mean, what, what's a what's a, a natural kind of full camp? I guess it's kind of hard in the in the age of COVID to to really get yeah. a full camp. Did you even get a full camp? I mean, how my was, last fight, yeah, I did. I do. I had a that was a solid. Camp. And how how long are your camps generally? They're usually eight weeks. Usually, eight weeks? okay, so about eight, two uh, six, months. Six to eight weeks. Yeah, I like at least at least six. I I like them when they're small. They're shorter though. Why? mental it's it's a mental clarity when you have it's freaking may 1st and you're fighting uh july 1st you have like shit man i'm not fighting till the summer it's so far away i gotta go through all these motions i gotta worry about this weight cut now but then when you're if you're fighting july 1st and you, you find out on june 1st it's a month it's only four weeks all right i'm already in shape all right it's it's easier i feel like mentally and it's i mean draining what's your do, do you do a lot of sparring i mean it does it spar uh, twice a week you spar twice a week. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like that's most th more than most. No, I have no clue what most do, but we. Uh, no, actually, I do. Uh, so, I know, do know some other teams, local teams that do. They do sparring and twice what, a week. When did you come to Tiger Showman's? I've only been in there. You've only been there. Yeah, that's, that's the first gym I found. Yeah, oh, it was wow. their regular one. It was a smaller one, but uh, we train at their headquarters, which all the best guys from each school come right. there and train. Yeah. And yeah, it's who is it? It's it's you. Uh, because I've had Lyman and I are very close. Uh, in in the UFC, it's me. Oh, Mike Trezano, Lyman, Julio, Julio and Jimmy, and Jimmy, yeah. And it's just you, you five, you five, yeah, us five, and you say, yeah. And you guys all, do you guys all? I mean, you could probably fight with most all of them, right? I, yeah, I'm in a good size where I can, I can train yeah. with, like, finally I can train with Lyman, you, you, like, yeah. Kinda, I feel like you yeah, can kind of train. Finally, I can. He's, he's, he's still, yeah, he still is, especially <laughs> off camp. He's fucking solid, but I can actually do something against. Him. Before I was like, I just felt like a little kid against him. I was right. like, damn, man. <laughs> but uh, Trezano and Julio are my weight class, and then Jimmy's one weight class below me, so works out and what's it been like through the whole you know corona age to kind of train together and and you know i mean lyman was the first ufc fighter to, to come out yeah. about testing positive and that must have been weird for you guys because <laughs> you guys didn't test positive i didn't and i dude i was lyman tested positive back in what was that april maybe beginning yeah. of april we went me and him and a bunch of us went to to ufc pi back in march the beginning of march and as soon as we got back, actually, we landed. My cousin's wife actually got really sick, and she was nervous oh, that she wow. had it. And we, this is back when it wasn't that big, right, so right, we were right. like, "You don't have it. Relax." Yeah. She was puking though; she looked really sick. Oh, she wow. had, and looking back, she had all the symptoms of having it. Stayed in the same room as me, and that I didn't get anything. Got back from Vegas, and uh, Lyman was fine. A couple of days go by, he's fine. Then two weeks go by, and he's like, "I'm not going to be train. Uh, I just want to make sure I don't, I don't, I'm not sick." But like a couple of days before that, I was training with him. I was all like, we were grappling, wrestling, sparring. And uh, he turned out to have it. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing ever. I didn't get it. And I'm like, dude, I was grappling with him, breathing in each other's air. Like, and not only that, my strength and conditioning coach got it too, and I didn't get it. So I don't know if we got it when we were in Vegas, because about two weeks later is when they both showed symptoms right. and start and and had to back out. But um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. It's weird, it's weird how I didn't get it. 
And I mean, have you guys all been, do you guys now when you're trained, do you guys get tested before? I mean, how do you? For training, no. We're just like, yeah. dude, if you, if you, we have a, we have a doctor actually that, that can do, he'd actually test, test most of us. He has a, t uh, like take home at, at home test. Oh, okay. So he tested all of us for antibodies and for, uh, if it'll tell you if you have the antibodies, if you have it now, or like basically if you ever had it. So he's done that to all of us. And the ones that have the antibodies, obviously, you know, you're safe. The ones that don't, it's like, you might get it. You could get it. Um, but if you feel sick, stay the fuck home. <laughs> we make, make, make that clear. And I mean, we were kind of talking about this off air. Uh, you were a free agent for a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of testing yep. the waters and, you know, obviously we signed with the UFC. Um, what do you feel like the, the UFC kind of MMA landscape is going to look like in this age of Corona with no fans? I mean, what was that like for you? No fans fighting with no, especially in a banger of a fight. Really? <laughs> I didn't, I, I wish I had a crowd because I feel like it, it would have been even more fun looking back, but during didn't affect me even in the slightest. It, it was... Could, could you hear the guys talking? Oh, yeah. Heard everything. Heard everything his corner said. I heard everything my corner said. I, I could hear sometimes the commentators and stuff like that. I was, I was like, that. That was pretty weird in the moment for a second. But while you're actually throwing punches and kicks, you're not thinking about that shit. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Did you, is it weird listening to the commentators? Because there's been a couple of instances where fighters are like talking right back to them. Uh, yeah. It, it, who, was, it, who was there? It was Anik? It was Dominic Cruz, Anik, and Michael Bisping. Yeah. Oh wow, that's good. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a solid line. Did, did you hear? Did you? Is there one thing that you heard that kind of stuck with you at all? No, not at all. Like I, I can't remember shit now that I'm on the spot, but in the moment, I remember hearing all of them though. Now I also I'm curious because, um, you know, again, I've had basically kind of all your teammates at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the whole roster, <laughs> the, yeah. Whole, yeah. the whole gang. But I think it's always interesting whenever I have a, a fighter on. Um, and this is what I tell people who don't watch fighting. They they th they from the outside looking in, you they think oh, you know, they're brutes or the, <laughs> these you know these animals that need to get their anger off but quite frankly you guys are like some of the nicest athletes there are and the most peaceful guys how do you you know is is there a weird switch in you when you're there fighting? definitely is a switch i there really there really is and that's like a cliche there's a switch that goes off and i'm a different person but is it mad like are you angry no not at all i'm not angry it, i'm not angry but i don't view fighting as a as a sport really when i'm in there uh, really? even even the rounds like i, th I thought i was up to nothing going to the third and I was pushing the pace in the third right. because I'm thinking how I how I think of it is once the referee says go I gotta kill him not not literally kill him but <laughs> yeah. I got, I have to put him out I have to make him want to quit I have to stop him doesn't matter if I'm up one two or, or three rounds it doesn't matter every time the referee says go because you get that's I look at it three three separate fights get the first fight the second fight and the third fight if it makes it that far to, to take him out not just not just win take him out yeah that's that's how I look at it though and I mean, I know when, when, when Lyman came on, he was telling me uh, the way that he got into MMA was because his childhood and all that. For you, I mean, was there, growing up, were you kind of a happy child? Was there any anger that led you to get into MMA? I mean, I know a lot of these guys, they get into yeah. as an outlet. Yeah. Was yeah. it? Not, not, not at all, bro. Like, not <laughs> at all. Happy-go-lucky? Yeah, just like I, I saw it in eighth grade on TV. I started watching Ultimate Fighter in seventh grade, actually. And then eighth grade, the Ultimate Fighter came out, uh, two part, part two came out, and, um, I was just like, this is fucking awesome, man. This is so cool. I just thought it was enter super entertaining. I wasn't, I'm not a sports guy. I don't watch football. I don't watch basketball. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch any sports. I watched boxing, and I was really into boxing when I was younger, too. Then I saw that, and I was like, this is even crazier than boxing. I was like, you can slam dudes and knock them out and win. I was like, this is wild. Started watching that. And then ninth grade, I, I, I actually got to train it. And once I started training, I was like, D I love watching it, but shit, I love doing it even more. Like, it was just, it's fun. I really, I really do love it. I don't have any other hobbies outside of this either. Like, wow. Like usually guys are like looking forward to once the fight is done they'll go to do this go do that like my hobbies are like 
<laughs> going back to training. Like I like I after after a fight, my one of my favorite things to do is is go food shopping with my daughter. Yeah. I love doing that because let's go pick the snacks with daddy. What's the big number one snack after a fight? My mom makes me this thing. It's called chocolate lasagna. I've explained this like chocolate a million times. Lasagna. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but it's not lasagna at all. It's like dif- different layers of like chocolate, chocolate, chocolate pudding, oh, Oreo f- dessert, like another. Yeah, that thing is like crack. Ooh. You'll you'll keep eating it until you put on three four pounds when you're eating it. Psh- more than that you'll keep eating it until you like you put it down for a second you're like oh shit i'm sick like i'm i ate way too much yeah so wow. so that that's 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 probably the go-to but like i said my, my hobbies are like going going food shopping with my daughter and then like going back to lifting heavy weights and, and like training again i really love training like nothing else i do wow we're just taking a quick break i want to run a couple ads for my sponsors this show is sponsored by U.S. Wellness Meats. All of U.S. Wellness Meats' beef, lamb, bison, and dairy products are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. They also offer pasture-raised heritage pork, free-range poultry, and wild-caught seafood. They specialize in a variety of special diets and have hundreds of paleo, keto, Whole30, sugar-free, and AIP-friendly options. U.S. Wellness Meats is over 400 all-natural whole foods on their online store at uswellnessmeats.com. All of their foods are raised on family farms dedicated to sustainable and ethical principles. They do not use any pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, growth hormones, or GMOs. Go to uswellnessmeats.com today and when you use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you'll receive 15% off store-wide savings at uswellnessmeats.com. That's promo code PODCAST for 15% off. And lastly, I also want to give a big shout out to my sponsor, Nanocraft CBD. You've probably heard of the benefits of CBD. Millions of people are using it to manage their anxiety, recover faster, improve their mental focus, and even get deeper sleep. It's pretty remarkable how diverse the benefits can be for some folks. Well, my partners over at Nanocraft CBD are one of the top brands in the industry, and they're actually the number one CBD for athletes. They sent awesome. you a they sent you a big uh, goodie package, as I as I told you. You shout big CBD you fan? Yeah, I use CBD. Yeah. Yep. They focus on making unique hemp-based formulas that combine CBD with other nutrients, superfoods like B12, ashwagandha, turmeric, nitric oxide, caffeine, and a bunch of other different things to give athletes and everyday folks an edge in their work and life. They've been generous enough to give our listeners 20% off with the code FELIX, that's F-E-L-I-X, and they'll throw in a free CBD lip balm if you use that code. Check them out at nanocraftcbd.com, FELIX for 20% off. Some you feel good sponsors, man. Dude. I'm going to have to use both those codes. Hey, Sounds awesome. Nanocraft CBD, I'll hit you up. Oh, yeah, the, the, the meats, do, too. Do you have a CBD sponsor? I don't. I used to, but I don't. We'll work yeah. on that. Same yeah. Nanocraft <laughs> right now. <laughs> we'll my, mom, about, my wife's going to be super we'll, happy we'll about talk my, about my wife loves it. Really? Yeah, she it's loves good. it even more than they me. They have the, there's, they, uh, in that goodie package, it's like this really nice, um, uh, it's like some gold heritage uh, the droplets. Yeah, they've got the little capsules. They've got okay. for you for you athletes that get sore all the time. Yeah, like a, like a cream, balm, yeah. a cream to yeah. put on on all the soreness. That's spots. why I use that a lot. Um, let me think. What else? Oh, I think there's like a, a lip balm. Nice. That my, my, <laughs> your, your, my wife's wife gonna wife. be stoked about this. <laughs> my daughter even takes it sometimes. She sees my wife takes. Can I have a little bit? <laughs> now, I want to even even talking about your daughter. I mean, what's it like being a father? You know, to a young girl uh, while also being you know full fight camps and training your ass off tired. I mean, how do you balance the two? It is hard. My wife is real MVP when it comes to that. She knows like when, when I'm in camp, it's that's work. I'm going to training. That's going, I'm going to clock into work. Like I tell my daughter, like I have two different jobs. Like she knows she calls it daddy blue, which is my strength conditioning gym, which is like five minutes down the road. So that's perfect. Yeah. So she, she comes with me sometimes that and then of daddy tiger, which is tiger showman's obviously, but she knows it's work. I'm going out there and I'm, I'm, training but she does she doesn't know it as uh as anything else she knows it as daddy's working 
Has she been to your fights? She's been to one when she the Long Island one, but she was like four or five months. I don't want her coming to any of my fights. Really? No, I don't. She, you don't like when she sees you get like. The I don't want her to. No, I never want. God forbid something. Ha- it's a fight, man. You don't know mm. what's gonna happen. God forbid something happens and she sees that and that that can traumatize yeah. the kid. That can really hurt her. So I never ever want. To, she doesn't. So I'll let her watch my fights. She'll see me on TV. She'll see the weigh-ins. She'll like that. Like uh, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law send me videos of her like watching me at weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. And she's screaming like, "Daddy, Daddy, that's my daddy!" Like that shit, break. Like it, it just makes my it makes me cry just thinking about it. Honestly, it's, wow. it's, it's like the best feeling in the world. But it's a scary job, man. I, I don't. And she's a girl. Like she's yeah. my baby. I don't want her to. to How think. old is she? She's three. Wow. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it's did, hard being a dad and doing this job. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. And when you come back, I mean, you know, little yeah. and stuff. Does she ask like, yeah, what, what she, happened? Yeah, she's like, Daddy, what happened? You got boo boos. <laughs> and she's giving him kisses and stuff like that. Uh, she, it, it's definitely it's it's not the best feeling in the world. W- win or lose, it's just not like, oh, damn, I don't want her to see me like this. I was wearing sunglasses a lot like that. Yeah. I don't want her to see that. So that's a little rough. But uh, she's understanding. She's getting older now. I mean, when she was younger, she really didn't understand. She was yeah. just like, what the hell is on us? She was before she you, could talk. Yeah. Do you think even when she'll be older, you'll, you won't let her come to the fights? No, I don't want her ever. ever. I, honestly, I don't want, like, I see how Cowboy like goes and gives his kid a, his kid a son. Dude, I'll start crying yeah. going into the cave. I go give my daughter a son, get in the cage and fight somebody. I'm like, that's, I want that like not anywhere near me because I need to go kill somebody. I don't want to be all soft in daddy mode right now. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I, I don't want yeah. I, I FaceTime her on the day of and I'm just like, even that, I'm like, I start to tear up and yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to just be home and be over this shit. Do you think about her before you kind of make the walk or, or like I try extra to, motivation? I, I, re- I really try to keep her out of just, my mind because I will we'll get emotional. Right, I just like right. start thinking about her. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta keep that. I'm gonna focus on the fight. Just knock this dude out, kill this dude. What's it like, I mean, you know, really... I mean, talk a little bit about that that mentality of, you know, I got to go out there and kill this dude. But when you're making the walkout, knowing you're going to get locked in a cage with another grown man who's trying to take your head off, too. I mean, it's a weird when you when you break it down to like the basics fight. Cage fighting is a it's a yeah. weird fucking sport. It's, it's gladiator. It's like, modern really, day gladiator. You know? I was literally just going to say that modern day gladiator. I mean, what's uh? do, do you get nervous? Do you? I don't. Yeah, I really there's a couple of fights that I've, I have gotten nervous for, but most of the times I don't really get that nervous. And this last fight, I got even less nervous than usual, which I was like, it it might have been because of the, the atmosphere with the COVID shit going on, that it was just, it was lack a lack of crowd too. That and it, I had, my locker room wasn't a locker room. I had oh, the entire right. Apex gym, oh, like me yeah. and Lyman, we were the only ones there. So we had the entire gym. I had a treadmill, I had a mat, I had a boxing ring, I had uh, heavy bags. Like I had the entire place to myself. So I was doing like laps to warm up and stuff. It was really enjoyable, but it felt like I was going to go. I was gonna go spar. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was gonna go fight. I was like, dude, wake the fuck up! Like, come on! Like, it's, like and then as soon as I started wo- made made the walk, I was like, all right, here it is. Now, now I feel it. Now I'm ready. What was the whole experience? Uh, you know, going with Lime. I mean, it must have been nice to go with your teammate. Yeah. Um, who's also become, I imagine, one of your really close friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys traveled alone to Vegas together. Yep. Me and him went to Vegas do together. People with stop. My... Do they know? Like sometimes yeah. they see the UFC. You guys have UFC bags. No, I don't care. I don't. You don't. I don't wear anything. <laughs> but have some but so, on, yeah. on the flight. Did they yeah. stop you? Yeah, so a couple, a couple times at the airport. Just for pictures yeah. and yeah. stuff. I don't. I don't mind, but I don't want to go out there looking like oh, I'm a UFC yeah. fighter. You know, so <laughs> stay away from that. Yeah. And I mean, what was uh, was there like a, a much different feel of fight week? Um, in Dude, the it, it was Corona. It was probably my favorite fight week ever. Oh, really? Yeah, it really was. Uh, was nothing. It was just super smooth, and there was nothing to, to <laughs> do, really, which was kind of nice because a lot of, like, I have a lot of friends and a lot of family, and a lot of times when they come out to these fights, like, 
they're like whether I'm in Ottawa or I'm in New York City, like they're 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 with me for a lot of those days, and they're going out and doing stuff, and I'm like, damn, I kind of want to go do that. I'm like, dude, gotta slap some sense to myself. Like, you're here to work. I'm not here to. Fuck. It's not vacation. So it was nice. Just it was just me, Lyman, and my cousin. My cousin was a okay. big help for this fight too. So just the three of us, and we just did things just together. It was really nothing else to do. We did a couple things like besides training, obviously, because we still had some weight to cut. Um, we went like to the the Red Rock Canyons right. and we saw dip, some some of the stuff out there. But uh, other than that, we just you kept ever go shooting. Shoot. You ever go shooting with Lyman? No, I haven't. He loves that shit. Yeah, no, he <laughs> does. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to make me look bad. I can't dude, shoot. I, I, think, dude, I think he's, I think he's, I'm going to ask Lyman next. I think he's training to be an assassin. He's like the most interesting man in he the world. He is the most interesting. <laughs> I, I love dude. that guy. He is, uh, and th this is something that actually, you know, he's so, um, I don't even know how to describe it. He's he's like soft spoken, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like the biggest teddy bear almost. Yeah. He's like but he's it, got such a nice heart. But I he's would, got a, a flip of a switch. Too, I man. would yeah. pay all the money in the world to never be locked in a cage. I, I agree. I've been there. I'm like, damn, <laughs> fuck this. Like, I don't want to be here. And I've, <laughs> I, I, he, he's actually trained me and me and my best friend a couple times. Um, and just when you're next to him, and he's like showing you how to kick. I remember he he tr showed me on my thigh. How to oh. kick, and I think he was probably going about two percent. And I sort of got just to feel his th his leg dig into your yeah. bone. I mean, like, he's he's one hundred percent muscle. Imagine if he was going full force, right? Like fuck. when you guys sparred, you got. I mean, I don't spar him that much because he is a lot bigger than me. Yeah. But I have sparred him a lot of times, and I'm like, let me just go <laughs> somebody else. Like, come on, bro, he's too big. No, what was it like? Um, he you got you were co-main, so he was uh, he was he on the main card. Two fights before me. What was it? What's it like? You know, I mean, there's weird statistics actually that show like when your teammate either wins or loses it could have different effects on on you um is it hard because you're rooting for him and you're kind of invested are you watching the fight are you trying to it, zone out when you're he fought two fights before me so that's prime time for me to start warming up uh, right. so while he was fighting the first two rounds i didn't watch it all i was warming up i watched the last round that that's basically it so I didn't really get to, to judge it. He almost finished him too. Yeah so I saw that I saw I that know. part of the third round. So that was the best like the best part of the fight for, for us. So I try to just I had to keep reminding myself because it's not the first time I fought with teammates. Right. That's, you guys at the garden, it was the you garden, and Lyman. the garden before that. I fought in Long yeah. Island with, with right. Lyman and Jimmy. Um done it a bunch of times. But you have to, but usually I'm first. A lot of times those times oh, I was right. I was first. This time I was the last couple of times I've been last, which definitely makes it a lot. And they're thrusting you into bigger spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is it's definitely like, good. I'm happy about good. that. But it just makes it like I just want to focus and I'm like this is my when I have good friends that won the win, I don't want to lose. And if he does lose, it's like I'm kind of bummed out that right. I gotta like, slap myself back right. into reality and be like, dude, you got a job to do. So it makes it a little bit, a little bit difficult. But there's a trade-off because fight week, you get you get that camaraderie right. and you have that right. somebody there going through it with you, and then you got weight that weight cut, somebody going through it with you, somebody struggling with you. So it so it, it's like a give and a take. And talk about your weight. I mean, I have no idea how you make 145. Really. <laughs> I mean, you're a big guy. Yeah. No. What do you uh, walk around up? Uh, heavy. like 175. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And but you do you periodically I mean yes. you're, that's your why that's why different. I said I I yeah. It's gotta be uh, you can't you're not cutting thirty pounds in a week. No, I can't I can't take a short notice fight like that. I'll take a short notice fight and fight at fifty five, but I can't take a short notice fight and make right. forty five in a couple weeks. Like it would it would be stupid for me to do that. I mean, it wouldn't even be healthy for me to do that. I wouldn't do On it. On fight week, if you wanna say how much how much do you cut around? Actually, I do it so methodically that I don't cut that much oh, in fight wow. week. Like I gradually the weight I comes off so nicely. I think I think more fighters need to do that. Yeah, when I say one seventy five, people are like, "Holy shit! How do you make one thirty five? I don't cut one from one seventy five, dude. I went to the sauna my last fight at one fifty five, so I had nine pounds to cut. Wow. Yeah. And that's how many? That's how many days before fight? The uh, day before the oh, fight. That's day, oh, okay. Day before the fight, I had I only nine pounds to cut, which is 
some people got 20 pounds to cut, 15 pounds to cut. Will you explain for the listeners that um, you know aren't familiar with the yeah. MMA stuff how weight cutting works? Because I think it's I think it's super interesting. It's such a weird scientific how how you do it at least. I think for, for me, I count my macros. That's like a whole nother topic. Yeah. Like that, we can go deep on that. Count your macronutrients, basically your your carbs, your protein, um, your fats, and then you and then your calories too, and then. Uh, it's it's a really comp that's you can literally have a podcast about right. counting macros right. so i do that and that gets my weight off gradually and slowly but keeps my muscle on because you don't want to lose muscle you, you want to lose your fat and how how f- how far out are you starting to count what you're what you're eating what you're as soon as i found out about the fight i oh, i wow. found out about, about the fight on a month's note a little bit over a month's notice so i had like maybe like 40 days around there to cut the weight so again i got from i was about 175 i got from 175 down to 150 154, 155 and a half, 154 and a half, 155, right before I went into the sauna. So then it was a nine pound weight cut. And again, for those of you who don't know, nine pounds might sound like a lot to go into a sauna and cut. It might sound like a lot. It it was probably one of the smoothest weight cuts I had. And not only that, most guys are cutting well over 10 pounds. Wow. Is there, do you have a, a particularly bad weight cutting story? I don't have a bad weight cutting story. I have a bad rehydration story. Oh. After, <laughs> that's, that's even worse. Like my first MSG fight, I hadn't fought in nine months, and I was, I was like, this, Fuck is, this is against who? Uh, Kurt Halibo. Oh, Kurt Halibo. Okay. Dude, and then, um, so after I made the weight, I, uh, me, me and Julio were, were walking around in the city, and uh, we, we were getting stuff for after weigh-ins. We we're like, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna eat after weigh-ins? It's like, dude, I love M&Ms after weigh-ins. So we go to the M&M, M&M World in, in the city, <laughs> and uh, the prices were insane. We were like, screw this, let's go to CVS across the street and get some yeah. M&Ms. So we, this is on like Wednesday, weight cuts on Friday. So we go to CVS across the street, and. Uh, you can, Julio found it. He's like, you do. It's like the big three pound bag for like five bucks. I was like, screw it. I'll get this one. You get that one. We'll, we'll mix them. So I get the big three pound bag of freaking M and M's. I make the weight, and I'm just picking on the M and M's. Before the day is done, I look down. I'm like, dude, I ate a whole three pound bag of M and M's. Stupidest thing ever, dude. I, I did not feel good the next day. Like I, I ate way too. It's one of those things. Like you're dieting so strict that when you when you don't have to worry about it anymore, you just, wanna, oh my, just you want to just go in. So ate three pound M and M's, but uh, before. Before that, I had like a brownie, like a a little brownie sundae. Like, dude, it was like, it was just bad. And then the next morning, my mouth, I had such bad cotton mouth. Like my mouth, I got put my mouthpiece in, I'd take it out because my mouth was just dry, like the desert. I had to keep sipping water. I remember, because of the M&M. Dude, it was the worst. <laughs> I, I had to be because of three pounds of M&Ms. I cannot be good after cutting weight and being so strict on your diet. So being backstage, I remember, like I was freaking out a little bit. I was a little nervous because I was like, I had to keep drinking water. Wasn't thirsty, but I just needed to keep wetting my mouth. I was like, dude, what is going on? This is driving me nuts. I remember backstage, the guy's music plays. He goes out there, and I'm like, give me some more water. Give me some more water. I'm just slushing it in my mouth. I'm spitting it out. And I was thinking the whole time. I was trying not to think about it, but I'm like, damn, what if this goes like late into the third round? How's my mouth going to feel this whole time? Like, oh I'm thinking, because once you start sweating, it's, your mouth really going to dry out. I'm like, fuck, my like, shit, this is going to suck. Oh, I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't think about it. Don't, I'm saying don't think about it, but I'm thinking about it the whole time. I'm like, this is going to be fun. And I go out there, and I win in the first round. I was like, that would have yeah. been interesting to see how I felt in the second and third. And then I learned my lesson after that, man. After that, I had. One of my coaches, uh, shout out to Frank Benedetto. He runs my rehydration process, process and tells me what I can and can't eat. And I've just been listening to that. And ever since listening to that, I feel 10 times better. Like I can go binge the M&Ms after I get the win. I'm not doing that shit anymore. No more M&M. <laughs> I can have an M&M or two, but not like a three pounds. I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? It's crazy that you would think like when when I'm watching a, a fight at Madison Square Garden, you wonder what's going on in the <laughs> fighters' heads. And, and here we are. You're thinking about the, the bag of three-pound M&M's. M&M's that, fucked, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what do you usually walk in to the cage at? 
every fight is different. Uh, 165-ish to 170. So you put on 20, 25 pounds. Yeah. I think that's always the most impressive thing is how, it must be weird though, right? Do you feel your body getting back bigger? You definitely do. It feels, you, you feel alive again because after you're cutting weight, you feel, yeah. you do not feel good. Nobody feels good on, on weigh-in day unless you're not cutting weight. Like you don't, you can see it in everybody's eyes are sunken in. You just don't feel good. Um, After you make the weight, it's it happens slowly, but it, towards the end of the day, you're like, oh shit, I'm normal again. Like I feel, I feel back to normal. Wow. It's one of those things like you, you couldn't wait every time you stand up, your vision goes like dark. You know what I mean, it's, it's not fun. Now, do you feel like eventually at the, you know, I mean, we talked about perhaps moving up, but do you feel like you're eventually bound to move up or? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think even, even if the COVID shit doesn't happen, I think, um, I will go to 55 eventually, but I haven't missed 145. I haven't had a bad weight cut making 145. So I'm going to keep rocking with 445. If that ever happens, then we'll, uh, we'll address that at that time. But I'm making 45 right now. Is so. 135 ever possible? Never, uh, never. <laughs> I, I used to fight at 35 when I was an amateur. You, I was. I mean, if you're if if you're, if you're saying you have no problems making, I mean, Aldo. I don't know what's going. On. How, I'm a lot bigger than Aldo. Yeah, that's I'm true. a lot bigger. Than, he's five seven. <laughs> I'm five eleven. Oh, yeah, true. I'm a lot bigger. I used to fight at 35 back into the amateur, and I but I only weighed 140 walking around. <laughs> I don't weigh 140 anymore. Yeah, I, I put on a lot of size since I was 19 years and old. And you were saying your your brother is also training to become a. Professional fighter. Yeah, my, well? my yeah, I have two brothers. One brother is uh, my middle brother. He's actually a second degree black belt, and me and my wow. other brother just first degrees. He's actually re- he's wow. really good, but he's in, he's he's got a construction job, so he's making money. He's doing a good job there. Then my younger brother, he's just turned nineteen the other day, actually. Um, he he was supposed to fight. It just got rescheduled. It was supposed to be August seventh, I think. That combat at the Capitol. It's actually a show okay. in the city. It just got rescheduled for September, which actually worked out because we're going on vacation. So um. He's training to do it. The kid is a fucking stud. Like he's been doing this since he was five, and he's. Wow. I thought I was a natural, but he really is, like you super, think we, super you think freak. Better than you? Yeah, one hundred percent. If he fought, like he's nineteen years old. If he fought me when I was nineteen years old, he would whoop my ass. Wow, you're ten years older. Yeah, ten years wow. older. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, his goal is eventually the UFC. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. He and you guys, what, what's he fight at? He he put on a lot of weight too. He's 145 pounds now, which is. He used to walk around like 120 pounds. And since he's been doing strength conditioning with me, he put on a lot of size. So he'll probably fight at 135 as okay. an amateur. If he goes pro, if he stays the size as a pro, he'll, he'll fight at 125 because he's only 5'6". When do you think we kind of anticipate a UFC debut? Uh, soon, man. He's 3-0 with kickboxing already. Wow. So hopefully soon he'll get his first uh, amateur debut fight. And then from there, I, I think the sky's limit. The kids. I'm not just saying it because he's my brother. Like You can ask anybody we, we train with. Anyone that knows him is like, yeah, Ryan's he's good. Wow. Yeah. And um, do you, I mean, do you guys spar together? Do you, I'm uh, too big for him, yeah, but I, yeah, we I definitely, he can give me a, a good go in, in wrestling wow. grappling. He's, he was a great, great wrestler in high school. Uh, and his grappling is insane too. He gets a lot of funky moves. Got a bunch of highlight, real Naga wins, like flying arm bars and stuff like that. But uh, he's just, like I said, he's, he's a natural. He's, he really is a freak. He can, he, he does crazy shit on the trampoline. Like I thought I was doing cool stuff on the diving boards. Like he's, he blows me out of the water when it comes to that. He's super athletic. Now it must be fun also to have so much talent around you, right? Yeah. On a daily basis. I mean, you, you're literally training with the yeah. best in the world. It, de- it definitely motivates you and it pushes you and you got to like rise to that occasion. Like they're the best. I'm the best. We got to, you got to be the best. Like don't, 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 don't half-ass it. What's it like, uh, you know, in just your conversations after, I mean, you guys hang out. I mean, probably together so so much that you my want. brother no just uh jimmy and lyman and all them i mean what's the what's that you know team tiger shulman i mean for a while they weren't even on the map and now yeah and we got five guys in the you got five guys yep. in the ufc it's, the, the cool thing is like i said like tiger shulman's a 
we have a bunch of different schools, but we all train at our headquarters. So the only thing that makes it a little bit hard is that we all live in completely right. different towns. Like I, I live in upstate New York. Uh, Lyman lives in South, uh, not South Jersey, but about an hour away from me. Jimmy lives about 40 minutes away from me. So that makes it a little bit more difficult, obviously, because they all have schools and they all run their schools too. So. And do you guys hang out afterwards? Do you, uh, I mean, what's the, what's the banter like between amongst teammates? Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of jokes being made. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of things you can't repeat. No, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it that, that yeah. get you in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there ever a uh, ball busting? <laughs> what's, uh, so the, the two, it's two Shulman's brothers, right? Yeah. They're, are they twins? No. They're not twins. No, Tiger's older. Um, do they, uh, so are they always cornering all you guys whenever you guys have fights? How's yes. that, how's that dis- distributed? Yes, they are. They are. But for this one, Jimmy's actually getting cornered by one of our other teammates, Louis Godno. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that on his. On and our boxing coach Ray Velez, and then his uncle is his, his third man, uh, Tiger, and and his brother couldn't make it to this one, so uh, they're going to do that. But they're in good hands. They got they have a boxing coach. Who our boxing coach is is at every one of our fights, anyways. And then Louis Godno is actually a really good coach too. And I, we were kind of talking off air about um, Fight Island. You said you were kind of against, or you, you didn't want to fight? Yeah, no, I have zero desire. I don't know if you know this, but when they're fighting over there, it's 2 a.m. I know, I know. That's, <laughs> um, I, the main event goes on like 8. Yeah, I'm no, no thank you. That, so you have to basically fly over there and don't acclimate to the time. you got to just stay on, on home time. That sounds like a stress right there, dude. I'm not trying to think about that. Then the quarantine for two days as soon as you land, it just doesn't but sound. But I hear they, but they, they do get treated like kings. Like I said, I would love to go there. As yeah. a, like, I told <laughs> as a, Jimmy, I was like, dude, if you need somebody else to corner you, I'll go. Trust me, I'll go. If oh, I don't have yeah. to worry about weight cutting and any of that, like, sign me up. And, but I mean, you said you wanted to get back in there relatively soon, I guess. I think, what's the next Apex event? It's, I think, the 15th, I think. I think they're back in August. DC. I think it's late. I think DC it's a little Stipe. too. Yeah, that card's basically done, so I think it's a little too late for that. So I'm looking at like September, early October. So whatever next Apex card you want to be on. Not, not whatever next one, because I think the next one is the beginning of August, and that's obviously a little too soon. I'm going on vacation in a couple right. weeks, but I, I like September, October. And if they, what if they offer you a crazy fight on Fight Island? They don't take it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't take it. No. <laughs> I don't want. I'm not gonna. Uh, beggars can't be choosers, yeah. so I'm not gonna be here. I want a big fight. And fight Island. No, never mind. <laughs> What's it like? Also, um, you know, I mean, and you and I were talking about this as well. Uh, when you were testing free agency, obviously the UFC is where any of the top fighters in the world want to be. But um, especially in this time where they're really the only organization putting on events, um, what's it? been like you know just being part of the ufc and seeing all these things and i mean you have the inside scoop as well i mean you work with uh you know everyone that's inside what's that been like as a it's been great it's been a super well-oiled machine like super smooth like props to all the ufc staff they're they're phenomenal like i have a relationship with most of the guys that you probably you don't see a lot of these people but great people that work for the ufc phenomenal people that that help the show help make the show a smooth production but um makes me proud to be part like i'm i'm happy because i had an offer from from another organization for a a lot of money, and I turned it down to stay with the UFC. In hindsight, it's 2020. Again, I'm happy I made that decision because, look, they're the only promotion putting on – putting on. they're the only sport going on right now. There's no sports going on right That's now. Right? So it, it, I get a sense of pride. Like, I made the right choice, and look where I'm at. Yeah. And for you, I mean, you said you have uh, no other real hobbies. You're, you're an addict of, yeah. of MMA. Um, you also started your own podcast. I've been um, slacking on it though. You've been slacking, I've been on, slacking it? on it though. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's hard, man. It is hard. It's hard. I, you you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's what 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 part of it is hard for you? 
the time. I got to I got to set the time Especially aside. Especially you. I mean, you have a different life than I, I do. I, I got to set the time aside, not only for me, but for everyone that helps right. produce the podcast. Because I don't, I can't do the video editing like your guy can do it, and I can't yeah. do any of that stuff. So I need to make sure my friend has time off to do that. Then I have to make sure uh, myself has time off the training. Then I have to make sure my coach can, has has time off. Then my other cousin who, who helps with it. So it's it's hard just finding the time for all four of us to come together and, and, and get on it. And plug it for people. What do you? I mean, for for the episodes that have been out, yeah. what what do you guys kind of cover on it? Uh, everything. I talked about uh, my fight at MSG. I talked about uh, some of my hobbies. Like, sorry, not I don't have any other hobbies. Some of my interests, because the only thing I'm interested in really besides fighting is food and tattoos. Yeah. So I talked about that a lot. Yeah. Then a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, it's fun. it's 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 a fun listen. How many are you? You're tatted. You have it on your uh, back? No, I, don't, I have one right on my shoulder, but uh, I got my arm, you my leg. Got one of my ribs. Uh, Anything else coming soon? Yeah. Yeah, what? I'm about to finish the back of my leg. This leg piece is not done, man. It's like what a whole back oh, hamstring. A, I mean, people can't see, but what's the... There's like a face I got there. a gladiator on the inside of my wow. calf. I got a gladiator uh, with a helmet, shield. Got a bear on my thigh. Got an eagle on here. And then I got to add to the back of the hamstring and my foot after that. What are the inspirations for uh, the designs? I just love... I love tattoos. Really? And I, like we said, it's modern, modern day gladiator yeah. shit that we do. So I was like, the gladiator theme goes together with it. Do you? I mean, what? Uh, shout, shout out to Sergio Bang. He's actually in Brooklyn. Oh, really? One of my tattoo artist. Yeah. Where, where in Brooklyn? Uh, Williamsburg. All right. Yeah. Plug to him. Yeah. Shout out to him. Go phenomenal. Go to Instagram. Brooklyn, go to him. Yep. Seriously. And, and um, I was gonna ask you. Wow, there was one thing that I, that was right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, with your with your podcast. Um, I think you're one of the only. Uh, I think there are a couple other fighters that have podcasts that I can think of. I think Brian Keller has one. Yeah. Not sure. Um, is that something that you look, you know, you want to continue doing? Yeah, I think I think definitely. I think it's going to be a really successful podcast when yeah. I'm done fighting, especially because then I have all my time just to put my. Right. I'm a, I'm a like, I'm a eggs in all like all in one basket kind yeah. of guy where I, I, if I have a fight coming up, I don't want to think about anything else. Right. It's just train for the fight. That's it. That's the only thing I want to do. I don't want I don't want to think about anything else. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to train, focus on the fight. So now that I have a little time off, it's like I have time off, but I st- I'm still going to the gym every day. I still count that as work. I got to stay ready. I, I, I live by the, the word stay ready. Do you ever take days off? Yeah, I take days off. I, I, I do very smart that I, I take my days off. I usually take the day off before sparring, but uh, it's very strategic the way I plan my days off. I, I don't know if you've heard of this thing, the whoop. What is the whoop? Oh, isn't that your whole team? Like, yeah, we all have them. Because yeah. I always see all all your teammates kind of yeah, like we, challenging we, we, each we, other. Yeah, we kind of compete with it too. Um, it basically it tells you everything. I can show you. It's pretty cool. And it tells you like if you're overworking yourself. Yes. Or... Yes. So I just keep wow. the app running today all day. So I'm at 77 percent recovery for the day, which is great. It means I can, I can have a hard day. So right before I came here, actually, I killed the workout. Okay. Uh, for the day, my strain is 15.5 out of 21. So I've already had a pretty hard day and it tells you today is more strenuous than 78% of all days okay. across the group. I mean, they should be paying me for this. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, like, yeah whoop. Get, yeah. Sponsor him and give him 50 grand while you're at it. So they, it tracks my sleep, tells you what, how much sleep you got. I got 84% out of my 100. Obviously you want to hit 100, but that's it's hard to hit. Is that, that nine, that, what's that 859? That's how much sleep is needed. That's how much sleep I had. And, and then it tells you how much uh, time in bed. It tells you how much you moved around in bed. Jesus. Dude, it's crazy. And then if you go to this, it tells you like what your whole team has been doing. Like you can see who's on top right now. You can see um, who's four. on top. Uh, you know Munch? I don't know Munch. Man- Manshare Kara. He's, one, he's a really good jujitsu guy. I don't know. He's on, he's on our team. He's an amateur okay. fighter, but he's a phenomenal jujitsu guy. But yeah, he's on top right now. He's at seventeen point two. But it's cool. It tells you how many calories you burn. And you're second. 
No, I'm not second. I'm third. Yes. Yeah. So I got to get home after this and get back, <laughs> on the, get back on the treadmill. But then it tells you your resting heart rate. It tells you all this crazy stuff, man. It's, it's, where's, where's the rest of the game? Lyman and uh, where are they at? Lyman's, uh, Lyman's uh, whoop hasn't been working, so he hasn't been he using oh, it. he doesn't. No, he but doesn't. I, I can tell you about it. Julio's on here. Trezano's on here. Julio's working hard? Julio's working hard today, I say. I say. <laughs> yeah, he's working hard today. <laughs> when, do you know when he's going to get back? I don't know, but I know he's going to 35 next. I, I When I talked to him, I thought it, I think that's his best weight class. No, because he can make thirty five. I completely agree. Yeah, if you look at because he's a small forty five er, and yes. I feel like now the guys are. Just, I mean, I when I see now that I've had all you guys in the studio, it's like you can see us. You can see yeah, you know types, Julio. Yeah. Julio's definitely smaller, but he's so. I think he's so talented and so technical. He is. He really is. You I don't know? know if you have ever seen him in the gym, dude. He's he's at thirty five. He's. I mean, he's, he's really going to be a problem. He really is going to be a problem. Yeah. Because he'll be a big thirty-five. He has really long arms. I don't know if you notice how. Yeah. Long, and he just had surgery on his arm, so. He, oh, oh, that's why. That's why he was out for a little bit. But little. dude, he's. Okay. He's fucking good. Do you know? You have any idea when he's going to be back? I think he said the beginning of next year, because this oh. COVID thing, he hasn't been training. Like, he hasn't been training oh. with us. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him since like March. And his surgery and everything. Yeah, exactly. Damn. And uh, for you, I mean, you talk about uh, a little bit about life after fighting i don't know if you've given it thoughts what what do you see life like then i want to be I, I love commentating i love talking really? about fighting i love talking about the ufc like so i definitely want to dabble in that get my hands in that i've done a commentating show for uh, a commentating gig for for an amateur show but i uh, definitely want to move up to some pro shows and get get my get my feet One day, in that. you think uh you know like a ufc i would know, bisping love to. and cruise and all lo- that i mean you know dude if some if they need somebody to fill <laughs> in please <laughs> they have to basically study fights, study who's fighting the card, and then talk about it. Not, not, not to downplay it, saying it's easy because yeah. I don't think it's easy at all. It, it is real work, but I love that. Like I that's know. exactly what I do, man. Watch fights and talk about them. That sounds awesome. And again, I, I'm not trying to downplay it. No, I know it's not easy, but I think that well, would be especially. A I mean, you know, uh, John Annex now become a good buddy of mine too. Um, who he's I, phenomenal. I think he's uh, he's my favorite. Commentator. He's my. I think he's my favorite commentator in sports. Yeah. And I'm also biased. I love the guy, but yeah. he's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy is so professional. I mean, you know, you talk yep. about researching. I mean, that guy researches like yes. a like a motherfucker. Um, but yeah, I think I think that could be. You know, I mean, how old do you want to? I don't. I, again, I'm gonna put know? an age gap on this. I'm yeah. gonna go until not until the wheels fall off, but until I, I start feeling like I can't physically do this you anymore could, at a high level. You could. I mean, I think what these guys these days people are peaking at at what you saw somebody the other day on, on the abu dhabi card fought the guy was uh, leo santos yeah. he, he's 40 years old he's 40 yeah. i don't i don't think i'll do it till that little, old but i'm like 40s a little he's crazy. still winning he's still winning so he's still yeah he did gas a little bit he did he did gas but i mean i thought you could have stopped that fight after that yeah I, it was yeah. understandable to gas like he was smashing on the dude the dude didn't go, props to the dude not going down but yeah, those russians they don't go down yeah, yeah. <laughs> jesus christ and then um is there anything else other than commenting that you'd want to you know dip your feet in and, and see uh, Test I definitely want to invest. I want to. I want to invest in. Uh, like I said, I love food, so I might oh, try yeah. to invest in a restaurant or something like that. What's uh, What's the go to meal after a fight? I love barbecue. I had uh, actually one of my friends. Ooh. His brother is a chef, and he wants to open a barbecue spot. So he came over to my cousin's house. We had a huge barbecue. He cooked. It was like, wow. dude, it was it was amazing, amazing. And with your with your podcast, do you ever you know when, when you're done fighting, perhaps like. Uh, up the production 100 percent. like i said i could put my eggs in that basket yeah. i can focus on that more that that's definitely something i want to i think do. that'd be interesting too because uh you know i mean there as we talked about there's only a couple fighters that really have a show yeah um and you know it's always they don't have the time and the that's resources is, yeah. to it's, do it's it it's hard yeah um so yeah i feel like that could be uh that could be a way a way to go i don't know yeah the commentating commentating gig doesn't work especially because then what am i doing i'm talking about fights on my own show do you That'd feel like cool. there's do you feel like there's a an advantage to being uh, a fighter and also just a well-liked fighter and uh you know i mean you still have so many years of, of career ahead yeah. of you 
um, and then wanting to get into commenting, do you feel like that might be beneficial for you because yeah, I think so. Already that, in this world, yeah, not only that, but it, everyone knows how big of a fan of the sport right. I am. There's a lot of guys that are in the sport. You would be surprised that they don't they don't really watch it as much. Like I really? do, I don't miss a fight. Prelim start at six. All right, I'm watching at six. <laughs> I don't miss a fight. Wow, <laughs> diehard fan, diehard. Do, do you scout and watch tape on your opponents all the time? I don't. I, I all, obviously all the guys I'm fighting in the UFC now, especially the last couple, have have been guys that have yeah. already been in the UFC for so long. So I already knew who they were. So I don't like to go back and watch too much because then you focus too much on what he's good at, what he, what he's look, what what he, mm. what if it look for, and what happens, you end up getting caught with some stupid shit that you knew was going to come for the first place. So I don't like to focus too much on on it. Again, most of the guys that I'm going to fight and that I have for it, I've known them all. I got I've seen, I know how they fight. Mm. So I don't go back and, and study too much. I let my team do that and make my make my adjustments over there. Now, there's other also another question. I had this small debate with uh, with a friend the other night about uh if people if fighters have naturally what what it means to have a good chin is if is that something you can work or not you what, can't work that you think it's something that's natural like just yeah you either I, have I don't one even, or you don't yeah i don't even like that shane's got a good chin yeah. like uh yeah. <laughs> it means i got hit i don't want to like be, yeah be the good chin guy but uh it's it is good i guess Do you think it's, it's a is it, is it a legitimate it's not a conspiracy that there's such thing as a good chin 100 percent. yeah there's guys that don't that don't take punches well and there's guys that do take punches well yeah 100 percent. and are there ways in which i mean you know you can roll with the punches and all that that that, that is the only thing i that can recommend is rolling with the punches and how you know explain it for people that yeah. don't really understand that what so, that really looks so, like or means so a lot of like a lot of people were asking like and i heard about the i didn't see the comp the, my fight but a lot of the shots that were landing on me they were rolled with so a lot of times it looks like i'm getting hit each other and i'm rolling yeah i'm rolling with it so he'll even though it'll touch me i'm moving my head with the punch oh. so it'll look like a big shot lands but it just grazed me so that that can kind of sway judges too but um that's that's the way that's the way to roll with the punches so they go that's, while they're punching you turn your head with the punch it looks like it lands but you take no damage from it or, or relatively low, no damage is there any advantage to having a beard when you get hit with the punch? <laughs> uh, I don't think Do so. Think? I don't think so. I don't know. I was debating this with my friend. Like with Kimbo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And uh, are there any other ways in which, um, you know, you talk about recovery and have, needing to keep your body uh, top-notch all the time? I mean... See people all the time with the big cupping on the back. Yeah, I do that a um, bunch of times. Really? Yeah. Is, is, yep. Do you feel like that works a lot? Yep. I Edge Pro. Shout out to Edge Pro PT, Framus Jersey. Yeah, I got my PT that work. I, I, I do that. I do cryotherapy. I do ice baths. I do salt baths. I do a lot of shit for recovery. I'm, I mean, I'm off days. It seems like you're a professional in the in the truest of yeah. words. You know? Yeah. Like I, like I said, all my eggs are in this basket. I, I there's this is the only thing I'm doing. I want to have the best result at the end of this camp. So I do everything i can to make sure to ensure that and i think you know one of the things that's coming up in the ufc right now and you know we're not, we can get into it or not is uh is one of the reasons that fighters don't have all their eggs in one basket is because of the pay yeah and you know right now a lot of guys are complaining saying hey dana give me this give dana give me that um do you feel like you know without obviously going into it too much um <clears throat> that there is a brighter future for UFC pay because the, I do you know, think so. It's it's going up. It's going up slowly, but it's going up. So I think I do have, I do think there's a brighter future. With um this, I don't know if you saw the Reebok deal. Yeah, is going to be done. So they're going to go to Venom. Apparently, we're going to be getting paid more from Venom. So that's obviously good news. Right. Um, one thing uh, my cousin actually said it. I thought it was a great idea. Like, let us have a uh, one or two sponsors that we can put on the shorts. Right. And then what happens is we can make money outside of the UFC. So if you guys don't want to pay more that's that's fine we right. can get paid from these sponsors because i know before the reebok deal i wasn't in the ufc but before the reebok deal some guys are making like up to six figures off sponsors wow that's that's a lot of money yeah yeah wow yeah no i feel like there's well i think for me what's sad is that 
the three hundredth best NFL player probably gets paid fifteen times what the three hundredth <laughs> best UFC fighter gets paid. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, there's and at, at this point, yeah, we can say the NFL is still bigger, but yeah. UFC is really. I mean, right now it's the most. Argue, it's the only sport going on. Yeah, the last card had one point three buys, million, million buys, right? pay per view yeah, buys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, fucking, that's, insane. that's insane. That is insane. Um, for you being born and raised, you were born and raised in the Bronx. Well, in the Bronx, yeah. and then you went to Monroe yeah, later. So I on. moved there when I was out, out of the Bronx when I was twelve. What was it like fighting at Madison Square Garden the first time? I don't put too much weight you into. Don't, into you, I don't think about it too much. After just done, I'm like look back, I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But when I'm in it, I'm. How it, do you How do you not think? Of, I mean, you're walking in Madison Square Garden to fight. How do you not? <laughs> I don't. Do I don't know. Side? I don't know. It's weird. I kind of just out of sight, out of mind. It's just it's a cage. Focus on the cage. But it's cool because I used to like be be into like WWF WWE when I was yeah. little, and I my dad took me to the to Madison Square Garden a bunch of times to because I said I didn't watch sports really. I wasn't a big sports guy. I liked boxing, and I knew a bunch of bo- boxers fought there, which is awesome. And then I watched WWF WWE when I was little, so that was cool to, to go back through there and be actually the, the part of the show and now you fought there twice yeah twice yeah Dude, almost, almost all my fights have been in new york <laughs> do you is that something you look for to do to try to keep it local yeah it saves me money yeah. so yeah and yep. your whole family your and then family exactly save my family money uh, my friends money yeah for sure so I, I, I got a big crowd that comes out to like every fight no matter where it is so. do you feel like that's more pressure on you i the more pressure the better really yeah i swear to god yeah why i just like it that way i, I don't know like uh your back's against the wall. It's you got no other option. You got to go out there and you got to you got to perform. You got to pull the trigger. I, I really like the pressure. Yeah. Do you feel like you know one day? I'm sure we'll see you in a in a title fight. Do you feel like you'll feel the? Do you think it'll feel different? No. Do you think about? Do you think about? Do you think about the prospects of you being UFC champion one day? Of course. What does that feel like? What is that? It gets you in the gym. Yeah, exactly. It gets yeah. you on that whoop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got a sponsor. We, we've <laughs> yeah. shout out to them like you six know, times. <laughs> they have to. You know. But yeah, man, that gets my that's my blood my, my blood pumping. Who do you think, man? Well, there's so many. There's so many people that I don't know. Yes, this is why. Bias aside, this is the hottest division. I think. Yeah, it's dude, it's red hot. Look at the top fifteen. It's insane. Top, I mean, the top ten is stacked. The, the top fifteen is that. Yeah, the honestly, the, if there was a twenty, the top twenty, the guys right outside of the top fifteen are fucking good, really but good. But I think what's interesting also about about the fight game in general is that you could have people like like say right now you're twelfth, whatever that means, yeah. right? But I think if you you know match yourself up with some of those top you know two or three, like even like a there was someone who I was looking at earlier today. Who was it? Um, I don't know if Frankie's still Frankie's at one thirty five. Frankie's going to one thirty five, but he's still ranked in the top of the team. Like I yeah. think you put you against Frankie, I think that's a good matchup for you. I think guys He's got he's got Pedro and he's going to thirty five though. Yeah, he's going to yeah. thirty five. But even you know what I was thinking, a fight like you and Zabit. That'd be a fun fight. People too. want to say that Zabit gasses, let's put him against a cardio machine like you. Then you know, matchups make fights, really. Yeah, styles make fights, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and yeah, styles make fights. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's what I meant. And um, you know, I just think that there's so many different I mean, the, for you it's probably like any of them are going to be fun. It's going to be good, man. Like I said, yeah, I want to fight the guys that are ahead of me, and all the guys that are ahead of me are fun fights. They're how many? Really how many more times do you want to fight this year? You think? At least one. At, at the very, at the very least, one. Uh, two would be awesome, but it would have to be maybe late December. I would, I would right. assume. So, I, and I don't want to fight around Christmas because I don't want to ever take that away from my my daughter. Right. So I don't want to fight like because I see they do some fight weeks on like Christmas week where it's like you go to Vegas on Christmas Day, and then I don't, I can't miss Christmas with my daughter. And, you know, I think there's also the other side that that I've seen. Um, you know, you see on like social media and stuff is is the wives of fighters. I mean, they're probably the backbone to your to yeah. your family. I mean, take care of everyone when when you're yep. gone. I mean, what's that? Uh, you know, talk about because people don't really see that. You know, the, the behind the scenes. Yeah, of my, what my it's wife like. should have a podcast or something because yeah. it's hard, man. Right. Because 
dude, when when I'm cutting weight and I'm cranky and like you don't mean to be a dick, but sometimes you're a little bit of a dick and it's just like she has and she has she's taking care of the household and she's taking care of the kid and dad's tired and I love my wife so much. She yeah. does so much for me. She really does help so much and uh I appreciate her so much. She does. How long so have you? Much. How long have you guys been married? I've been married for five years in September. Before wow. September. Yeah. Wait, did you guys meet through anything MMA related? Or? Yeah, I was her instructor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She yeah. does. She still. Uh, I knew. Her, I, yeah. Uh, she doesn't train. I mean, the schools bit. have been closed down. So, but I, I was holding pads with her at home and stuff like that. But uh, I met her when she was. Uh, I met her brother and her dad. Her, her brother was my student for a okay. long time, and her dad was too. They were training with me, and then I, then she started training, and she became my student. Cool. And then yeah, so nineteen, I've been dating her. Since she was 19. Yeah. And we talk about also, I think, because even for me, I don't, you know, I've done probably two training sessions with Lyman, a couple boxing lessons. For anybody, really, why MMA is good, not just as a physical activity, but also kind of like the mental benefits that you've seen in your life of maybe discipline or other yeah. things that it's brought to you that, you know, other than the fact that it's your job. Discipline is the biggest thing. Like, we have a very disciplined team, and uh, I feel like discipline gets you so far, not just career-wise just in life in general yeah. you do what you're supposed to do when you have to do it there's there's no uh i feel like that's that's like the main like the key point to being to being a su successful fighter and how do you i mean how how is discipline taught through mma well, our coach is very strict so i think that that like we came from he came from a karate background so he kind of transitioned that over to us and it was very like karate is like you know you stand at attention you sit at attention you don't talk until you are allowed to talk like your class starts at 10 you show up at 9 45 to get ready and then you're on the mat by 10 if you're not you're doing push-ups you're in trouble you're getting shouted out in front is of everybody it still like that now even though you guys are all top top it, fighters yeah it is yeah yeah you ever show up to practice late of course and yeah it's and not you do push-ups you know, yeah, yeah yeah they still or, make you <laughs> yeah or i'll or i'll try to make up an excuse be like oh yeah i had to do something with my daughter so like uh, i'm gonna be late yeah. wow <laughs> discipline and, is the key it really is to, to having a successful gym too were you always disciplined no not at all I was lazy fuck back in really? when I was younger, man. I that's crazy because that's like the last thing when like you know I've only you know talked to you for for an hour hour and a half, but it's uh, laziness is like the last word I would ever use to. Yeah, man. I used to do the, we used to do the mile run in high school. I used to get like fifteen minutes. I'm like I'm not running this shit. I'm walking. I don't want to be sweaty for class. Like I'm I'm walking this. I can't imagine me not trying to be the first one now. Like yeah, me if we're doing the mile run. All right, I'm beating all you. Like it's crazy. I, I had, you really can learn it because I wasn't a cardio guy either when I first started. I hated doing cardio. I did not like doing cardio. I wasn't known for being in crazy shape. I wasn't known for having a, a great gas tank. I really had to work and bust my ass for that, not just physically but mentally because I really did not like doing it. Now, like right before I came here, I, I went on a 40-minute 40, 40 run and then did a circuit right after that. And if I don't, if I don't get that feeling of, uh, of when I'm done, the, the feeling of uh, accomplishment, yeah. And those endorphins that are released, that is the best feeling to me. So even if I go lift like with my strength and conditioning coach, I have to do some kind of cardio. I need that tired feeling where I had to dig deep and and uh -huh. uh, and push myself. If I, if I don't get that feeling at least, honestly, at least three or four times a week, I, I'm not happy. And we're, I mean, that's crazy because you went from a guy who doesn't like cardio Hated to it. now, I mean. I need I, it now. Now it's like, I, I well, think I'm now I think, I think anybody who follows the MMA game will put you in the top two or three of cardio gas tanks in <laughs> Which in is cra crazy to think about where I started because I, like I said, I really did, I wasn't known for it in the gym. I would gas out in the gym. I was just not known. I did not like cardio. I would skip out on cardio, did not like it. Now I'm, I fucking need it. Like I love it. I really love it. Do you feel like, and I think that's also interesting as a fighter um, for, you know, if, if other fighters are listening to this, 
who are also kind of skipping on cardio and just kind of relying on power. Talk about the benefits of being a fighter with a good, Dude, great gas tank. You're only hurting yourself if you're not doing it. You go into that, like every every fight that I've been in in, in the UFC, like I've, I've killed my cardio. So uh, I, I'm not nervous because it's like I did everything right. I did everything that I could do for this fight. That feeling that is is a relief. It's a, it really is a relief. Like I've I can't I've I've been in fights, my amateur fights. You're a little nervous because you get tired in the gym sometimes. I don't. I don't think about that at all. I, I know, like, going into this fight, I'm not, getting tired is not going to happen. No matter what happens in this fight, we can go. It could be the craziest fight. I'm just not going to get tired. Mm. That, that's the biggest relief mentally. Yeah, because you can focus on everything. Other exactly, than exactly. And when you can't, and when you're like, shit, I got to finish him the first round. What if he goes to the second? What if it goes to the third? That's, that's a scary feeling. Wow. And have you, ever, have you ever had a feeling like that where you feel like in the beginning of your career you were not in the tip-top shape? Not, not as a pro, but as an amateur, yeah. What's yep. that like when you're when you feel yourself gassing and you're oh, still yeah. just trying to survive? I I didn't lose any of my amateur fights, but uh, I I I've, I've got my ass whooped in the gym, and that's not that's not the best feeling. Yeah. But I remember after my my first amateur fight, uh, I won the fight. It went all three rounds. I didn't do like any cardio for that fight. Uh, I won. I dominated the fight. But I remember after the fight, I was exhausted. I sat down and the room was spinning, and I was just like, dude, I'm so shot. I had gotten a triangle at the end of every round, all three rounds. I had a triangle squeezing as tight as I could. My legs felt like cement. I was like, thank God he was just as tired as me, so that worked out. But yeah. That's not, that's not a good feeling. And I'm also curious because we always hear, you know, commentators go when when guys are either squeezing or they're, you know, they're choking someone out um, about that fear of, you know, that their arms are going to be jelly or yeah. that they're going to. Is that is that a legit thing that you feel when you're when you're, you know, squeezing too hard and the guy's not tapping the, or the only time I felt that is in training. But it's, it's that's that's a weird thing, because in training, if I squeeze as hard as I can, we're in sparring. We got, we got, we're scheduled for three rounds of sparring, right? Now, if I squeeze as hard as I can on the, on this dart choke and he taps, I still got to get up and spar the rest of the rounds, oh, right? Yeah. I still have to. So, it, or if I squeeze as hard as I can and he gets out, again, I still got to spar the rest of the rounds. So that kind of screws you a little bit for the sparring. Um, but for a fight, it, it if if you have something, and, and I've learned the hard way, where I thought I had a actually in a grappling tournament, I thought I had a, a guillotine, and I was like, you know what? Don't want to gasp my arms out. Let me just let this go and try to do something else. I let it go and I ended up getting tapped out. And I was just like, I should have just ripped it. And ever since then, anytime I get a hold of something in my in, in my fights, my pro fights, anytime I or even in amateur fights, anytime I get a hold of something, I go full force, one hundred percent, finish it, finish it. Don't don't give it any other chance. And and I always have. Hmm. Hmm. Now to wrap things up, do you ever think about um, legacy? How yeah. you hope how you hope people remember uh, yeah. Shane Burgos? One hundred percent. What, what do you hope it when when let's say let's say when you're just when your UFC career is over how do you hope people remember you as a, as a UFC fighter not just a phenomenal fighter a fun fighter a fun fighter like a fighter's fighter I, and I think that I am a fighter's fighter like I feel like I I love the sport so much I know what the fans want to see I know what I would want to see so I feel like that's what I want to be known as as kind of like a I say it's kind of like a Cowboy Cerrone. I want to be the world champion, so I want to be known as a world champion, but I want to be known as not just a world champion, but the most exciting world champion. What's more important, being fun or winning? Winning. Winning is always most important, dude. I'm the, I'm the biggest sore loser. If you beat me in tic-tac-toe, I'm going to be pissed, I swear. We can play tic-tac-toe after. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's, I mean, obviously, all the way down the line, um, you know, many more years of, of healthy living, but when it's all said and done, maybe as a man, legacy of... Of Shane Burgos, do you ever think about that? Yeah, I want to be. I want my daughter to say thank you. That was that was a great childhood. That thank you for this great life, great beautiful life. I've given her so much through through. I've had a great life. I've had a great. 
she's only three years old and I've given her so much and gives me so much pride. Like I brought her to Disney World and she was like crying with excitement to see like Elsa and Anna and, and I can't even watch those videos back because I start to tear up. But to, to know that I did that, I gave that to her through my hands and through my, do something I'm passionate about. Right. That's the best feeling in the world, man. The absolute best. So I want, once I'm done, I want to be known as a, a great man overall, a great father, a great husband, great man. It's beautiful. Thank you. You can find Hurricane Shane on Instagram at Hurricane Shane, Twitter at Hurricane Shane B. Yep. Uh, the Weather the Storm podcast is available on Instagram and on YouTube on, too. On YouTube, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. at YouTube and Instagram. Uh, they have an Instagram page, but it's on YouTube. And can they listen? Uh, can they listen anywhere? YouTube. Oh, just YouTube. Just YouTube. We have. A, I think we have the first three episodes on on iTunes podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so go follow and check that out. Thank you, Shane. It was uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on my Good show. Times, man. Thank um, you. You're always welcome back. And I'm a uh, man. I'm. So, I just man. That last fight. I was like, fuck. Give it. Give him the decision. <laughs> but you know, you, you take it on the chin. And is what it is. And and I mean, people that watch this enough to know that where you're at at 29. <laughs> And how good you are. I mean, people, I think people after, even the couple fights before, are every single fight we see you improving and the sky's the limit. And uh, I've no doubt one day we'll see you as world champion. My man, you know it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, brother.